This episode was previously recorded before the rant of tweets that Kanye West went on on July 20th, 2020. And just before we dive into this episode, I want to begin by emphasizing the importance of taking mental health seriously, specifically with the Black community. I understand that this may be a time that you think you can get some memes off and retweets and make it funny. And regardless of you understanding Kanye West's mental health or even caring about all the coon things that he has said before, which I don't agree with, but we must take mental health seriously and not make this a joke because this is a very serious thing that is happening within our community. If you or anyone close to you is struggling through their mental health issues, the National Suicide Hotline is available 24-7 to assist with situations such as this. Their number is 1-800-273-TALK and they have a live online chat tool. Now let's get into this week's episode. On June 26, 2020, Gap announced a 10-year partnership with Kanye West to create a new brand, Yeezy Gap. While highlighting Black creatives is always a win by creating diversity in the fashion industry, it calls into question the performativeness of brands doing such things like this. Did Gap drop one Black creative for another? Because what happened to the Gap and Telfar collab? My name is Grace Azuake, and this is episode two of The Label Law. How secure is a contract? Gap, Yeezy, Telfar. My mama was raised, era win. Clean water was only served to ever, ever skin. Doing clothes you would have thought I helped, but it helped, but they wasn't satisfied unless I picked the. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in. Contracts are a major foundational piece to having the world even go around. It doesn't even just matter about the fashion industry, just any aspect of life. There is most likely some type of contract or some type of legal document that is kind of synonymous with the contract that determines how things go around. When we look into this Gap Yeezy Telfar fiasco, a contract is really what determines the legal validity of Telfar being able to advance even despite the negative things that came about with this whole fiasco. Now, to understand the basis of this, we really have to look at the history of Gap. Gap has recently been falling behind during contemporary times just because they haven't been really able to engage with younger audiences. Now, Gap back in the day was a big name. It still is a big name, but people kind of forget it when they think of like how big it used to be. Now, I can't sit here and lie. I definitely have a Gap camel overcoat that I love, but it is vintage. And that's the thing. Gap vintage is more so appreciated, but new Gap is not really just honestly looked at or even thought about. Now, they've been trying multiple different things to try and bring their name back, including changing their logo. And even then, when they changed their logo, it still didn't register with younger audiences and they had to go back and change their logo back to the original. Now, it makes complete sense that when they were trying to engage with younger audiences, they went with Kanye West. Now, we have all heard and experienced the Kanye effect. And even if you're not a fan of Kanye West, you cannot sit here and say that there is no Kanye effect. Now, the Kanye effect is 
when Kanye puts his name on something, stamps something, or even just becomes behind something, it blows up. And it's true. I mean, there's no sitting here and denying it when it comes from the Nike collab and that whole dealing, even Adidas and how big Adidas has grown with Yeezy. Yeezy has generated a lot of revenue for that brand, even artists. Tiana Taylor, Kid Cudi, Travis Scott, all of these people who were affected by the Kanye effect, their careers have blown up. And it makes a lot of sense that Gap would go with this. And honestly, it broke the internet when they did announce this collaboration and Gap's stock went up a reported 42% when they announced this. And it's really cool, of course, because personally, I do love Kanye West. I don't really agree with a lot of the things that he says more recently, but I do love his artistry and it makes sense that they would go with him. But I really question Gap's consciousness with all the racial tension and everything going on with George Floyd sparking an even bigger Black Lives Matter movement more recently, a lot of brands have been trying to do things to show that they do care about the Black community because the Black dollar is very influential. And with Gap doing this, I love it because, of course, Kanye West is Black and the design director, Moolola Ogonlesi, is a Nigerian 25-year-old designer. So it's also very inspirational. But Back in January, Gap announced a collaboration with a creative genius that is Telfar Clemens. Now, Telfar Clemens is known for his non-gender conforming unisex line featuring small, medium, and large shopping bags that are currently going very viral on Twitter. Now, Telfar has been around since around 2005, making his name and stamping his mark in the fashion industry. And honestly, even when I bought my Telfar bag back in February-ish, I didn't know that it was a Black-owned brand. Now, if I had known, I probably would have bought more, but they knew that it was a Black-owned brand. That was one of the reasons why they even came out with Telfar. It was like to show like we are understanding that there needs to be a diversity in the fashion industry, so we're going to collaborate with a creative genius that is Black and show that, you know, we are definitely trying to move with the times and understand that diversity and inclusion is important which goes back to Gap's financial decrease and trying to gain those younger viewers and audience. Now, the rollout included a star-studded Fashion Week party during Paris Fashion Week with Telfar and Gap logos released to the mass public and even John Caruso, the design head of adult design at Gap and Telfar Clemens himself did various interviews discussing what we'd expect from the line, how the partnership came about, and even gave a release date of later in 2020. Now, of course, they didn't give a specific date, but just even saying that it's coming out this year shows that some type of contract had to have been made. There clearly was some type of agreement, and this was going to be a collaboration that was going to be big like a lot of people were excited for this collaboration but the collaboration never even happened now new york times reported that the party itself had its own legal contract during the paris fashion week so we know that something was at least drafted and signed by both sides but a contract for the actual collaboration at the time of the party was quote still in draft form unsigned by either party end quote 
Now, personally, I'm not announcing anything until every single T is crossed and every single I is dotted. Now, of course, I am not personally that far up in the fashion industry, so I don't know if that's exactly how it goes, which I'm pretty sure it actually is how it goes. But a Telfar spokesperson told the New York Times that in March, it would definitely have a contract that was signed by both sides and it was promised to be done by March 25th. Now, if you guys remember, the beginning of March, end of February was around the time that the coronavirus hit the U.S. in like hard. That was when everything got shut down. I mean, I was in the middle of spring break and we were told schools shut out, you know, we're online for the rest of the semester. So the coronavirus definitely had a major impact in the way that this collaboration was going to come about. Now, originally they were saying that it was going to be postponed until 2021, which was going to be sad, but at least we were going to get it. But that same March, Telfar received correspondence from Gap that the production for the collaboration had been postponed indefinitely. Now, In this situation, honestly, this happens a lot more than we even realize. Like, if every single brand collaboration that was going to happen or was talked about was going to happen had come out and we found out about them ending a contract or never signing a contract, we probably would be sitting here thinking the fashion industry is full of flaky, shady people. But things like this happen and they don't have to always end in bad blood. But Telfar had already sent over 30 original designs to Gap, despite there even being a contract in the first place. So even if there was a contract or if there wasn't a contract and it wasn't signed, Telfar himself knew well enough that he felt secure with Gap to create the designs, one, and even send over the designs, let alone send over 30 original designs to them. And... With that being said, Telfer sent over an invoice for $100,000. Gap's response to that was that they were going to pay 25% of the design. What? What? <sighs> well, <laughs> they did end up paying it. And Telfar said that after emailing multiple times and trying to get in contract with Gap, that they weren't even responding to him. And then all of a sudden, Gap announced Yeezy Gap. Ironically, though, right after announcing Yeezy Gap, Gap responded to Telfar and told him, "Okay, we're going to pay the 100% of the $100,000. We're going to send over that $75,000. It hasn't really been reported if they have paid it in full just yet, but they did tell him, "Okay, we kind of realized where we messed up, so we're going to pay you for it because at the end of the day, we're going to make more money with Kanye West. So let's just get this out of the way. And They definitely do know and think specifically that they're going to make a lot of money with Kanye West because they even came out in their announcement saying that they expect to make at least, at least $1 billion in revenue by their fifth year. $1 billion. And honestly, they are going to do it with the Kanye effect. So one thing that has become major in the commentary about this Gap and Telfar case for both people who are against what Gap did and people who are for what Gap did is the fact that a contract was never signed. So it seems as though that was a deal breaker, but it actually does not destroy Telfar's chances of being paid and Gap having to have those responsibilities of paying them. Now, if it was a contract of sales of goods, then 
there had to have been something written, whether that means Gap was buying Telfar or Gap was merging with Telfar. But because these are not sales of goods and Telfar was providing a service, there does not have to be a written contract, let alone a signed written contract. Now, his services were going to be over $5,000. That's not a question. I mean, one design alone was probably worth $5,000. And so since it's a service, there never needed to be a written contract, a signed contract. And the fact that Gap went as far as announcing this during Paris Fashion Week for the whole entire fashion industry and for us consumers to learn about, that conversation, that dialogue that happened between Telfar and the Gap representatives was it. That was all Telfar needed in order to secure that he would be paid for his services. Now, the one thing that does kind of question everything is what was the time frame that this Gap and Telfar collab was supposed to be? Now, for service deals, you generally need a contract in writing if those performances of services cannot be performed within a year. But Gap definitely said that this collaboration was going to come in the year of 2020. So it was slated to most likely be a one season collaboration. And even if it wasn't going to be a one season collaboration, it was more so that they were going to think about going into the future with a Gap and Telfar collab that would last longer than one season, but it was slated for only one season. And that is what makes it even more valid for Telfar to feel as though he was done dirty. I mean, this is not something that's a smaller brand, two smaller brands working together. Like Gap is somebody that has been around in the fashion industry for a long time. They've had legal counsel since the beginning. So they know what they can and cannot do. And this is more so just, I mean, they risked having to face legal consequences over being like, yeah, we want Kanye West. Like this is a deal that is going to work for us and it's probably going to bring us back into the name that you know, we used to be. And I mean, look, it's kind of valid just because of the fact that Gap has really been falling behind in sales. I mean, if we were to look at a graph, it will show you how drastic it has been in the past few years with Gap decline. So, I mean, everything is a business deal. Everything is strategic. Everything is marked in marketing. But it's just shady, especially because Telfar isn't as big as Kanye West. So it's like he can afford, of course, to go on and make his stuff. I mean, look at everybody buying up Telfar bags now and Telfar clothes. It's OK, I guess, in that sense. But it's just it's messed up because it's like Gap can get away with something like this, even though they are wrong. Recently on Instagram, I discussed the Fenty and Amina Muwadi deal that had just happened with the shoe collaboration. And this just shows how often bigger brands collaborate with whether smaller brands or just creatives that are known for a specific and unique thing that they can bring to the brand. Now, this is a mutualistic type of relationship because the smaller brand now gets a bigger platform and the bigger brand now is tapping into another audience. And they're also definitely going to be tapping into the younger audience, which is what people are mostly trying to do these days because we are buying a lot of these clothes. Uh, it's the younger generation that is 
putting on in the fashion industry right now. I mean, we can look at Joe Fresh Goods and New Balance to J.W. Anderson and Converse and see how this boosts the career of younger creatives and smaller upcoming brands or even brands that have been around, but that platform elevated them to another level. Now, just recently, J.W. Anderson took to Instagram to talk about something that happened between him and Converse when he created a shoe with them. Back in 2019, he came out with a spring-summer collaboration with Nike on Converse that had a unique and fresh take on the Converse shoe, which was the Runstar Hike. Now, the Runstar Hike was known for its chunky sole, something that Converse had not really done or even done it in the way that J.W. Anderson did. And while his contract ended, Converse continued to use that chunky sole in a shoe that was very similar to the Runstar Hike. Now, you can go on Converse.com right now and search up the Runstar Hike and it's going to show sold out. But if you go to Converse actual catalog, you will see shoes that look very, very, very similar to J.W. Anderson's shoe. And with that being said, Converse actually went all the way to patent that design. And even right now, they're in a current lawsuit with Steve Madden, a fast fashion shoe brand, for infringing on that said patent. And they left J.W. Anderson out of that lawsuit. Like, it's his design that you guys technically took. And it's it's hard to say take just because J.W. Anderson did improve, if you want to use the word improve, the Converse design with the Runstar hike. But at the same time, it was a fresh take that he made. And Converse just took that and they left J.W. Anderson out. Now, J.W. Anderson, when he took to Instagram, he definitely said that he does not agree with what Converse is doing. And he really basically was telling these creatives, like, be smart. Like, when it comes to these major brands trying to tell you, like, hey, oh, my God, we love your designs. We want to implement them. You know, we would love for us to collaborate. You just have to be very smart with a situation like that. Because at the end of the day, human nature is to get the big biggest and best deal possible for yourself and these brands these labels are thinking of themselves like they want to elevate your brand but they want to elevate your brand at the cost of making sure that they're good with you or without you now i would definitely say a first step in any type of deal like this is to get a lawyer that is not only competent of course but a lawyer that understands the importance of keeping you and your design safe even after your collaboration with these brands. And that's specifically why fashion law is becoming such a big deal right now. Like just like I discussed in the first episode, designers, creative directors, the whole fashion team is starting to realize, okay, yes, we have great lawyers. We have people who are helping us with our contracts, with different things, but They don't understand the importance and appreciate the artistry that is the fashion brand. And that's why fashion lawyers are becoming a lot more of a bigger deal, one. And it's becoming a major term in the legal field. Now, Yeezy Gap will more than likely take my coin because honestly, just like I said in the beginning, I love Yeezy. (laughs) I mean... (laughs) I know the clean cut silhouettes that he's probably going to come out with are going to be another level, but it's so unfortunate because I really was looking forward to Telfar Gap and I'm just happy to see where Telfar is going to go 
post this because this is also giving him a platform to show people that black creatives are misunderstood and they're definitely tried to take advantage of. And I mean, we're just going to see where everything goes from here and just being really smart about the way that we're navigating the fashion industry as black people emerging and these bigger brands are starting to see that we're definitely important to them. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in and coming all the way to the end with me. Leave me a review on iTunes and Spotify, wherever you're listening. And this is The Label Law. Bye.